Should it be surprised? Should it be shocked? It's happening. He said it was going to happen. It's happening. Vladimir Putin is a tyrant with ambitions for domination around this country and maybe more. It wouldn't be happening if President Trump were in office. That is clear. But now that it is happening with Biden in D.C. and Vladimir in Moscow, it's ugly. Looks a little bit like uh, shock and awe, remember that? Now take a look at this, you'll see a jet fly at about 25 feet. War is hell, and it's to be avoided unless it's absolutely necessary. Troops on the ground, take a look at this. They're coming in from all sides. This was a, this is a very complex operation. And they're coming in from the east, from the west, from the north, all over the place, taking over Ukraine. I'm not surprised. I'm also, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I expected this. But you'll see Ambassador, uh, this is former Ambassador McFall uh, under Obama. He was the ambassador to Russia. He's about to lose his mind. It's tragic. It's irrational. It's also evil. Let's just call it for that. There is good and evil in the world, and this is the evil act. Putin does not think like we do. We keep thinking he's going to do some cost-benefit analysis, think about how sanctions might affect uh, you know, the prices, Bear Bank, and the stock market next week. That's not who Vladimir Putin is. There is no rationality here. He is, he is motivated by some crazy ideas. I want to really emphasize that. I listened to his speech on Monday. I listened to his speech last night. He's talking about denazification. There are no Nazis in Ukraine. I'm sorry I'm so emotional, but we've got to get over the fact that we're going to deal with this guy in some realpolitik cost-benefit analysis. We've got to treat him as an irrational, evil leader well, Swamp Democrats and Republicans had 20 years to figure this guy out, and they couldn't. And they gave the store away time after time. I can figure it out. I don't like it, but I can figure it out. Uh, Ukraine used to be part of Russia, all right? He doesn't like that it's no longer part of Russia, and he wants it back, all right? This is like the oldest motivation in the book for invading a country right next door. By the way, every country in the world has a military, some big some small. And this is not the first time a country invaded a smaller neighbor. You can look it up. It's been happening for a very long time. There are battles and wars in the Bible. There are battles and wars in medieval times. Putin is doing what Putin's going to do. And it's too bad that we did not have a tough president and a consistent policy to stop him. And we're no babies, by the way. America, we're no angels. You know, I, all day long I'm hearing, we invaded, uh, the, the Russia invaded a sovereign country, a sovereign country. Well, America did the same thing. We invaded Iraq, all right? And it wasn't right next door. It was, what, 7,000 miles away. And that we could have avoided. But no, W wanted to prove something. Remember this? My fellow citizens, at this hour, American and coalition forces are in the early stages of military operations to disarm Iraq, to free its people, and to defend the world from grave danger. On my orders, coalition forces have begun striking selected targets of military importance 
to undermine Saddam Hussein's ability to wage war. All right, and then what came next? Shock and awe. It actually, again, reminded me of some of the scenes we've seen from Ukraine. And uh, we blew up the country, and we kind of wrecked it. And then George W. Bush claimed victory. Remember that ridiculous stunt on the aircraft carrier? And just a few weeks after the war started, he said it was over. Major combat operations in Iraq have ended. In the Battle of Iraq, the United States and our allies have prevailed. No, we didn't prevail. And what happened after that? We were just beginning. The occupation, our troops hit by IEDs every single day, no weapons of mass destruction, and somehow amid this catastrophe, this country re-elects George W. Bush. Now, I certainly didn't and wouldn't vote for a guy like John Kerry, but I would have taken anybody over this guy. Crazy. Somehow he won. All right, so that brings us back to today. Ukraine invaded by Russia right next door. This is a long time coming. And one of the reasons why we're here is because we go through presidents pretty quickly compared to the rest of the world, compared to Russia, certainly. Putin got there in the late 1990s. All these presidents have come and gone. And when it comes to foreign ministers and our secretary of state, take a look. Lavrov has been there since 2004. Seven secretaries of state have come and gone. Well, except for the last one. Look, I know it's the constitution here, by the way, uh, two terms per president. We only came up with that fairly recently, right after FDR. George Washington set the precedent, two terms in office, but I think it's time that gets uh, revisited. What do you think? Let me know. Take a look at this. The Taliban is not the, South, the North Vietnamese army. They're not, they're not remotely comparable in terms of capability. There's going to be no circumstance where you see people being lifted off the roof of a embassy in the, of the United States from Afghanistan. It is not at all comparable. Remember this horrible mistake? It's one of the reasons we're where we are now. Because he was so wrong, so wrong, it was just like Vietnam. Take a look. The, it's like mirror images. Mirror images. He was talking about getting out of Afghanistan and look at what happened. Well, he spoke so clearly, so precisely, he doesn't want to do that anymore. It was unique for Joe speaking clearly and precisely. Now he wants to allow all kinds of wiggle room. All right. And he did that for Putin. And now we're living with the results. I'm not so sure he has uh, is certain what he's going to do. My guess is he will move in. He has to do something. Russia will be held accountable if it invades. And it depends on what it does. It's one thing if it's a minor incursion and then we end up having a fight about what to do and not do, et cetera. Well, you guessed right, Joe. He certainly did something. He certainly did. All right. From all over the place coming into that country. And this is definitely more than incursion. So what are we going to do? Ooh, Joe was uh, even worse today even worse and even weirder. More when we come back. Hey, I'm Rob Carson, host of the Newsmax Daily Podcast. Tired of boring traditional news updates? How about one with a conservative point of view and it's actually funny? 
You can subscribe for free on the Apple Podcast app, and it downloads directly to your smartphone, so you can listen while driving, uh, to work, riding a bike, at the gym, or even while lobster fishing off the East Coast. Subscribe today with the Apple Podcast app, or go to NewsmaxTV.com slash podcasts for other platforms. Something's All I, I can, can say, say is, is that, that the fake, fake news just, just doesn't, doesn't get, get it. it. <laughs> and neither does Joe. Wow. Uh, this is weird and strange, even for him. So, announcing a new raft of sanctions. We could go through it, but they're confusing, they're weak, and so is he. And as to what they're supposed to do, Big question mark now. Now, I thought it was pretty straightforward. In the old days, it was, but not so much anymore. Listen to this. Sanctions clearly have not been enough to deter Vladimir Putin to this point. What is going to stop him? How and when does this end? And do you see him trying to go beyond Ukraine? And a second question I'll just give to you now. This statement that he gave last night, will, that the, West, the threat that he gave, the West will face consequences greater than any you have faced in history. Is he threatening a nuclear strike? I have no idea what he's threatening. I know what he has done, number one. And number two, no one expected the sanctions to prevent anything from happening. No one expected the sanctions from preventing anything from happening. That was the whole point we thought. I, I know I heard that before from this administration. Take a look at this. No one expected the sanctions to prevent anything from happening. The purpose of the sanctions has always been and continues to be deterrence. The purpose of the sanctions in the first instance is to try to deter Russia from going to war. The president believes that sanctions are intended to deter. They're meant to prevent and deter a large-scale invasion. We want them to have a deterrent effect. The sanctions are designed in the first instance to try to deter Russia from taking further aggression. As well as our efforts to uh, both try to deter Russia uh, through sanctions. If you pull the trigger on that deterrent, well, then it doesn't exist anymore as a deterrent. All right. So uh, this <laughs> Joe's making it up as it goes along. All right. He's totally out of touch with his own administration. This is strange. And all the, by the way, his manner, his demeanor was very strange. The substance we see, he's terrible. But also what's up with the smiling and the, the weirdness? And a second question I'll just give to you now. This statement that he gave last night, will, that the, West, the threat that he gave, the West will face consequences greater. Two topics, just really quick. First, markets are down. Contrary to the place where the rest of the world has arrived. You're confident that these devastating sanctions. How will that change his mindset here, given he's because attacking Ukraine? Because we'll so Ukraine weaken his speak. country. Well, anyway. And can you talk anything more about your conversation? Can you... I'm sorry, his manner is so off. This is tone deaf. This is not a laughing matter. This is serious stuff. He's the president. Who reacts that way? This is a problem, a real problem. All right, back to the media. I heard this all day long as if it were some sort of, I don't know, like a newsflash that Ukraine is a country. The way they said it, it made me think of a few things. Take a look. Democratic nation, a sovereign country, is under attack, being invaded as we speak. Russia launches an unprovoked invasion of a sovereign nation. Russia 
uh, persists in its invasion of a sovereign country, Ukraine. The Russians have gone across an internationally recognized border into Ukraine, into a sovereign country. Again, speaking of unprovoked invasions into sovereign countries, America has done it. We're not babies here. In 2003, uh, we sent uh, hundreds of thousands of troops to take over Iraq. And what did that get us? And their tone, the tone of these reporters, so self-righteous. So this is so serious. And it is serious. And I don't like Joe Biden laughing. But some of this is an act. Take a look. And a little bit of chicken fry. Cold beer on a Friday night. Yeah. Yahoo. Life goes on, right? Even with CNN and the sovereign country has been invaded. I know it's serious, but that is kind of a funny juxtaposition. Speaking of uh, juxtapositions, if that applies, John Kerry, remember him, found a way to talk about climate change in the midst of this war. I hope President Putin will help us to stay on track with respect to what we need to do for the climate. He's saying that once he's in charge of Ukraine, he wants him to get back and focus on climate change. He's never been focused on climate change. It's just lip service at best. Joe Biden, though, he takes that stuff very seriously, and it takes his eye off the ball. The entire government, our Pentagon, talking about climate change and diversity, equity, inclusion. Somebody pointed this out to me. Joe Biden actually already imposed a sanction on America when he canceled the Keystone Pipeline. Do you remember that? You know, we're paying a huge, huge price for that. Now everyone is far more reliant on Russia for its oil and gas. Why did he do that? Why did he do that? I still have questions about all that money the Bidens received not only from Ukraine, but from Russia, millions and millions of dollars. It's all documented. This is serious, totally unexamined by the media. Oh, no, 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 that's a conspiracy theory. No, it's not. You can look it up. Serious money went to the Bidens from Ukraine, from Russia. That's got to somehow be affecting his judgment. Don't you think? I think. All right. On to Donald Trump. You know, he tried to bring up this issue all throughout the campaign. And he was shut down every step of the way. Whenever he brought up this very serious issue, he was shut down. We all saw it. There are 50 former national intelligence folks who said that what this he's accusing me of is a Russian plan. They have said that this is has all the care Four, five former heads of the CIA, both parties say what he's saying is a bunch of garbage. Nobody believes it except his and his good friend, Rudy Gianni. You mean the laptop is now another Russia, Russia, Russia hoax? And that's exactly it. what is this that's where exactly you're going? what this is going. where he's going. The laptop right. is Russia, yes. Russia, Gentlemen, Russia. I want to stay on the issue of race. That, let's not talk about that. Let's talk about race. But Joe was right. He actually found 50 swamp officials to say the Biden laptop was disinformation. And these guys signed the letter. These swamp snakes signed the letter. Former CIA directors, uh, director of national intelligence, Jim Clapper right there was on the news today. CNN with Jake Tapper. Guess what didn't come up? 
this phony letter and his signature. None of these guys have been challenged on that outright lie. It's kind of amazing because we all know the Hunter laptop now is real. Even Hunter basically admits it. Was that your laptop? For real, I don't know. I know, but, but you know that's, is, this is I really a, don't know okay. the answer is. That's you don't know yes or no if the laptop was I don't have any yours. idea. I have no idea. So it could have been yours. Of course, certainly. It, 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 there could be a laptop out there that was stolen from me. There could be that I was hacked. It could be that it was, the, that it was Russian intelligence. It could be that it was stolen from me. It could be, it could be all those things, huh? And the fake news actually accepted that as an answer. They barely ever asked the question. How about that Keystone Pipeline, by the way? Really, how much better would we be off right now if that thing were up and running and thriving? Instead, no, we're more reliant on other countries than ever before. It's another reason why they didn't want Trump around, because he was gonna blow the whole system up, the nasty, corrupt system. They don't want any more conversations like this happening. Do you remember this? It was awesome. It's very sad when Germany makes a massive oil and gas deal with Russia where you're supposed to be guarding against Russia and Germany goes out and pays billions and billions of dollars a year to Russia. So we're protecting Germany, we're protecting France, we're protecting all of these countries. And then numerous of the countries go out and make a pipeline deal with Russia where they're paying billions of dollars into the coffers of Russia. So we're supposed to protect you against Russia, but they're paying billions of dollars to Russia. And I think that's very inappropriate. And the former chancellor of Germany is the head of the pipeline company that's supplying the gas. Uh, Ultimately, Germany will have almost 70 percent of their country controlled by Russia with natural gas. So you tell me, is that appropriate. I mean, I've been complaining about this from the time I got in. It should have never been allowed to have happened. But Germany is totally controlled by Russia because they were getting from 60 to 70 percent of their energy from Russia and a new pipeline. And you tell me if that's appropriate, because I think it's not. And I think it's a very bad thing for NATO. And I don't think it should have happened. And I think we have to talk to Germany about it. It's beautiful. But it stinks up the party that the globalists want to have, right? It does, but it works, and hopefully it'll work again. We'll be right back. Uh, We're going to Ukraine, and some amazing photographs have been provided to us. We'll be right back. Take a look. They say war is hell. Look at this, uh, the aftermath of some combat in Ukraine. Pretty intense, right? Terrible. And look at the face of this woman. Is she the face of this war? I noticed this picture this morning. I've seen it everywhere. And uh, well, we're about to meet the photographer. His name is Alex Laurie. He's an independent photojournalist on the ground in Kyiv, Ukraine right now. Uh, Mr. Laurie, welcome to Newsmax. Some really powerful pictures you provided. Thank you. How are you? I'm good. How are you? A little tired. I bet. I bet. Can you tell us, please, first about this woman? And again, I saw her, uh, I think, in the New York Post this morning. Her picture is everywhere. 
Who is she? Uh, what happened to her? Uh, her name's Helena. She's 53. Uh, she's a teacher. Um, and I don't speak the same language as her, but uh, I, had, I had gone into her apartment shortly after um, it was attacked. And basically, she indicated to me that a big chunk of mirror had fallen and sliced her. And there was blood all over the mirror and all over the apartment and all over her, of course. And uh, what was it, a missile strike, a bomb blast? Did, did, were you able to figure that out? You know, uh, me and some other journalists, uh, one who is ex-military, uh, you know, have been you know, debating what it probably was. But, um, you know, I don't know exactly. Well, yeah, I know it's, it's a chaotic situation, I'm sure. Again, we're talking to Alex Lurie, who took this picture. He's on the ground in Ukraine right now. He took another very powerful po photo of a man. Uh, in distress next to, I believe, it looks like, if we can drop that, uh, a wounded or possibly dead person in a burned-out car. Can you tell us about this, please? Uh, well, that, that, that person who uh, is on the ground is, is a fatality, for sure. Um, I don't know the exact familial or, or relationship between them. Um, but, yeah, sadly, that person was killed by the, by the strike. And we see this small little picture um, and it's, it is very powerful. What's happening around there? Um, confusion, wailing, um, a lot of, uh, first response by medical, uh, police and later on firefighters. Oh, the picture has changed. Okay. So these are firefighters. So, uh, later on, um, maybe the third or fourth story of that one of the apartment buildings that was hit uh, caught fire, and then the fire team came in and uh, extinguished the flames. Maybe maybe five to ten guys. There's another photo I'd like to ask you about. A mother and son. It looks like they're, uh, yeah, together just taking in the damage. This is a residential complex, I take it. Can you, and can you tell us, please, a little bit more? Yeah, I think, actually, uh, they're, eight, they're more similar in age. I think they're probably more likely to be uh, brother and sister. Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of people were just standing around in shock, crying, calling loved ones, um, getting their pets out, which is really hard to watch. Um, and some just, yeah, in shock and taking it all in. Uh, next picture, please. And I'm not sure what we have in store. Those are the ones that I've already seen. I'd like to see another one. And then as we advance, can you tell us, Alex, how you came to do this line of work and get yourself over to Ukraine? Oh, that's a that's a really long story. Um, but uh, yeah, so this woman, I'll tell this story. Um, this woman was uh, like, like I just said, she was uh, on the bench sort of rocking back and forth wrapped in a blanket, um, talking kind of frantically on a phone and, uh, you know, staring at the destruction, staring at the fire. And then this guy had come, come up and just kind of got her out of the got her out of the scene. Um, but I've been here in Ukraine since February 1st, and, uh, you know, it's been months of speculation of whether something like this was going to happen or not. And, of course, now it has. Um, and it's, it's, it's really hard to see the people who I've made friends with and everything, you know, trapped in basements, hiding. And, you know, it's a normal city. It's a nice city. You know, people go on dates. People... Uh, order uh, food, delivery, you know, it's a normal place. Uh, this this woman, I'm pretty sure, is 
going to be blind for the rest of her life. Her eyes were just completely just pits of blood. Wow. Um, yeah. By the way, I talked to a reporter earlier this week um, before it got really intense over there. Sarah Williamson, she's in Kiev. And it seemed like that a lot of folks really weren't expecting this to happen. And now that it's happened and it's a full on invasion, how surprised are people? Did they think it would come to this? You know, I think it's hard for Americans or non-Ukrainians uh, to understand that this has gone on for eight years. You know, this has been and you can't maintain a state of panic for eight years. Even even a lot of us journalists who were uh, here for a month, you know, you can't be every single day thinking, oh, it's going to be tomorrow. 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 Um, and then before you know it, it, it is. It's today. So. I think I think this is probably way beyond the experience of of what anyone here thought was actually going to happen. I'm sure, you know, uh, as a journalist, it doesn't mean that you're invulnerable. We've lost journalists in conflict before. Um, you're taking a pretty big risk being there. How are you keeping safe? I guess you got the right equipment. Um, would you say you're a risk taker by by nature? I think everyone is. It's just, you know, what, how you assess the risk and what, what you mean, what you want to get out of it. Um, I think for a lot of people, like a photograph wouldn't be something that they're particularly motivated to, to get in this type of situation. Uh, for other people, it, it's, it means the whole world. Well, the whole world is seeing your photographs and they're very, very powerful. And, uh, you're excellent at what you do, sir. Alex Laurie, we thank you. Uh, you can see more at alexlaurie.net and follow him on Instagram at alexlaurie.photo. By the way, I understand you're from Long Island. So am I. What town? Uh, I'm from uh, Setauket, right outside of Stony Brook. No kidding. Well, I got a, yeah. uh, I got a producer right over there who's from your hometown. And, uh, uh, great. Uh, well, listen, be safe, and we'd like to uh, check back with you in the days ahead, okay? All right. Great talking to you. Thank you. Alex Lurie, be safe. All, right. All the best. We'll be right back. The explosive documentary that unveils the endless affairs of our nation's 35th president. The amorous exploits hidden behind his facade of loving husband and family man. Watch JFK Women, The Scandals Revealed on Newsmax TV. Smiling people in Ukraine. Why are they happy? Well, they're being evacuated out of Ukraine. Thanks to the work of our next guest, Brian Stern. He is the co-founder of Project Dynamo, working actively to get civilians out of hotspots. Uh, he is a lieutenant commander retired uh, in the Navy, and he also served in the Army. Uh, Mr. Stern, Commander Stern, welcome to Newsmax. How you doing? Doing okay. We're pretty tired. We've been on the road for 15, 16 hours. We're way south out of the city. We're on our way uh, to, uh, to a friendly country. We're going to, we're uh, actually, I just pulled into our bed down location. So we're pretty excited about that. <laughs> who are you getting out? Who are you trying to extract from Ukraine? Who are these people? Uh, the, the, uh, th these people are uh, uh, American citizens. They're, uh, they're American citizens, uh, Romanian citizens, and a couple of Ukrainians as well. 
the American citizens, are they, uh, you know, dual citizens? They've been in Ukraine for a long time, that kind of thing? Or, I mean, nobody, or are they just on vacation? Uh, no, some of them, uh, some of them uh, live there. Uh, some of them were here visiting. Uh, we, have a, we have a woman with us who's a, a Ukrainian-American. Her father died. So she, uh, uh, she, flew, she flew from America to Ukraine for her father's funeral and woke up to missiles. Wow. Now, you've done this kind of work before in Afghanistan, correct? Correct. Yeah, we've been, uh, we've been pulling people out of Afghanistan since the uh, uh, third week of August. That's pretty wild. All right. So you're getting this load to a friendly country. And then what do you do? Do you go back? Uh, and where do you find them? How do they find you? And I guess here's a clue. We can go to your website, right? If you're in Ukraine and you want out and you're an American or otherwise, www, don't need to say that anymore, dot projectdynamo.org, projectdynamo.org. Who's eligible for this? Uh, our, our primary focus is always Americans. That said, I won't leave a seat empty on, on the bus or the plane so if, I, if I can avoid it. So uh, we, we only move people safely and legally. The only, we, don't, we don't smuggle anyone or do anything like that. We don't violate laws of any country. Uh, but uh, uh, if, you, if, if you are legal to travel and I can get you from where you are to where you need or want to be uh, to safety and safely and legally, I'm very happy to do so. Uh, we are donor-funded. Uh, 100% donor funded, and we're also all volunteers. So every penny that you, uh, for we only exist through the generosity of donors. So every dollar that a donor gives goes to uh, goes to saving an American life or a NATO ally life. Period. Now uh, I saw a map earlier. We have that map. Uh, the Russians are coming from all directions, taking over Ukraine. Your current location, and I know you don't want to give it away. We understand that, but. Have you seen these guys? Have you seen combat? What's it like? And what's it like right around you right now? Yeah, we, we've uh, we've had a couple of uh, encounters with uh, with uh, with uh, aircraft. And we've also had a number of encounters of missiles on our route south. Pretty wild. Pretty wild. Uh, uh, it, it, it is a war. It is a conflict zone. Uh, you know, we 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 uh, you know, we 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 theoretically went to bed and it was a potential problem everyone was kind of talking about it It was definitely the the topic of every dinner conversation what's vladimir putin going to do and then we we woke up to the missiles falling on kiev and we were at war it's just that simple uh, i was a 9-11 first responder and it, it it was almost like when the second plane when the second plane hit but you know the, when the first tower got hit it was kind of maybe we're not too sure i'm not you know a, little, a lot of confusion when the second when the second tower hit, everybody knew that we were at war. It was kind of like that kind of moment. I know what you mean. I know the second tower. That was war. We all knew it. Are they angry at Putin? The people you're dealing with, are they angry at Biden? You know, a lot of us feel that if Biden were tougher, more clear, clear, this may not have happened. Or maybe if Trump were in power, this might not be happening. You're there. What are they saying? What's the sense on the ground? Uh, uh, number one, we are bipartisan. We are apolitical. Uh, we have way far left people that are volunteers with Dynamo. We have way far right people that are volunteers with Project Dynamo. Our goal remains the same, to rescue Americans and our allies. So uh, I, I don't ask the political party or, or any of that stuff of anyone that I've ever rescued, frankly. Uh, as far as the people on this, on this, uh, on this load, 
Um, uh, do they do they have something to say about, against Putin, uh, about Putin? Yeah, they think that he's a murderous thug akin to Saddam Hussein or Adolf Hitler. So the which is true, which is true. He he, you know, Putin went from a you know a, a complex, dynamic world leader to overnight Saddam Saddam Hussein level war criminal in one fell swoop. No one's really talking about Biden or Trump or any of that stuff. People are target fixed on on Putin being a a relic of the Cold War, who who you know who was a mediocre intelligence officer in, until he weaseled his way to make money. Understood, and I appreciate, quite frankly, you remaining uh, apolitical to the extent you can. Talk very briefly, if you don't mind, about your work in Afghanistan. We have some imagery, uh, some pictures from your work there. Let's put them up on the screen, please. Uh, I, wow, I think this is you with a youngster bringing him out of Afghanistan. Uh, tell us a little bit about your work over there, please. So uh, that little boy, his name is Yassin. He's an he's a uh, he is the youngest youngest American citizen that Dynamo has ever has ever rescued. Uh, he, uh, he's, he's a riot, and he and I became really good friends. We uh, Project Dynamo has been operating pretty consistently since middle uh, since the uh, third week of August, all throughout the region, including on the ground in Afghanistan. Uh, we've pulled. Um, literally hundreds of American citizens out of uh, out of the clutches of the Taliban um, uh, without much help, frankly, from the U.S. government. We don't really um, need it. Uh, we don't really need it, but we would always want the help and we always need okay. financial support. So, 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 um, uh, 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 but we love the work. We love saving Americans. We're all patriots. At the end of the day, that's what it's all about. We've rescued a tremendous amount of children. And uh, those with kids, unless you've traveled internationally with children before, it's a whole different experience. Of all the things I've done in the military, by far the uh, the most scary and uh, um, uh, um, just uh, influence, just just, just uh, impactful. Well, it's great to talk to you tonight. And you're in Ukraine, uh, getting people out. Good luck, continued success, folks. Go to projectdynamo.org, projectdynamo.org, for more information. And uh, we appreciate it so much. Brian Stern, he's the co-founder. Thank you. Well, I'm sorry, did you want to say something else? I was just going to say, please, please donate. There's thousands and thousands and thousands of people left in Ukraine, you American citizens. The, the task is humongous. The buses don't drive themselves. The gas doesn't fuel themselves. We, we need financial support, and we need it pretty quickly. So please help. Even a dollar is okay. If you have 11 million viewers and everyone gave a dollar, I could rescue thousands and thousands of Americans out of Ukraine. It's oh. just that simple. Excellent, excellent. We're working on the viewers, we'll, uh, but uh, I love it. Projectdynamo.org. I will be donating myself. Good luck, sir. Thank you. You bet. We'll be right back. So what's happening in Ukraine, uh, Putin taking over the country, could be giving some very serious ideas to some other adversaries like China. Mr. Xi taking a good look at Taiwan. Yes, with Russia taking over Ukraine, China, they wanted Taiwan for a long time. They think it's part of their country to begin with. They don't like that we feel it's separate. They want it back. And today, there are reports nine Chinese aircraft flew over Taiwan. 
That's a, that's a very aggressive act. I'd like to bring in Gordon Chang, lawyer and author, uh, expert on China. Uh, his most recent book, The Coming Collapse of China. Uh, Mr. Chang, Gordon, welcome back. How are you? I'm fine, Greg, and thank you so much. You bet. So, sir, uh, is President Xi watching this and thinking, yeah, this is our time. Let's do it. Joe Biden is too weak. He can't stop us. I think that's exactly what Xi Jinping is thinking. And as you point out, today they flew nine planes through Taiwan's air defense identification zone without notifying Taiwan. That is a hostile act. You know, Biden today imposed sanctions on Russia. This is after an invasion. But those sanctions actually are easily evaded. And there are no sanctions on oil and gas sales. So this is something that Putin's going to laugh off. And Xi Jinping is going to look at that and say, well, if Biden can't impose sanctions after an invasion of a sovereign state, then he's probably not going to do anything if I go after Taiwan, Japan, the Philippines, India, Bhutan, Nepal, who knows? So, yeah, we have to be extremely concerned, Greg. By the way, at the Olympics, Putin and President Xi spent some time together. Um, what do you think happened? Do you think they would have actually said stuff like this out loud? Are they that tight? Uh, would they understand this without saying it? What do you what do you think happened? Well, first of all, there was that very long communique where China and Russia expressed their no limits partnership. Um, at that time, Putin announced $117.5 billion in new oil and gas deals. Just a few days ago, a few days ago Greg, we had an announcement of the sale of 100 million metric tons of Russian coal to China. So I think that Xi Jinping is financing uh, Putin's war on Ukraine and maybe even Europe, Eastern Europe in a broader sense. So, yeah, I, I think that uh, Xi Jinping does believe that he can do what he wants right now. And before, even before this, he was not very concerned about what Biden would do. He's much less concerned now. Uh, I feel like the world reaction would be more intense, China taking over Taiwan, if they actually went in, than what we're seeing right now regarding Ukraine. I mean, you know, it's still regularly scheduled television, <laughs> the commercials, people are going about their lives. If China would go and take over Ukraine, uh, Taiwan, I feel like that would be a global game changer. We have absolutely no idea what would happen next. Am I wrong? Uh, yeah, we don't know whether the Biden administration would defend Taiwan. Um, Taiwan is now the test of American credibility, especially after the fall of Afghanistan and the meek response to Ukraine. Um, right now, people are looking at and saying, you know, what's the treaty with the United States worth? Um, so I do hope that the Biden team would have a more robust response to Taiwan, because for Taiwan, that's the middle of our Western defense perimeter. More than a century, we have drawn that crucial line off the coast of East Asia. Taiwan is absolutely critical to maintaining it. Check out Gordon Chang. Check out his books. Check him out on Twitter at Gordon G. Chang, at Gordon G. Chang. Uh, great material there. Great content. Thank you, sir. Uh, please come back soon. Thank you so much, Greg. And we'll be right back. If you've had it with the old news and the same spent, well, then Spicer and Company is your place for the inside story and for the facts that you need to know.
Well, I'm sorry we're out of time. A lot of fun. Interesting show. See you tomorrow. Stinchfield's next. Thank you.